It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 20. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. It's an exciting week for Golden Gopher softball. As the program was invited to its ninth consecutive NCAA tournament, they'll be in Norman, Oklahoma, the same regional that top-ranked Oklahoma is in. It makes it a huge challenge, but also a huge opportunity. The Gophers' first-round opponent this Friday afternoon will be Texas A&M in what should be a great Big Ten SEC matchup. In our Go Gopher podcast this week, I'm very excited to tell you we'll hear from Gopher head coach Piper Ritter. She'll give us the inside details of what it means to make another NCAA tournament and how she's feeling here in her second year as head coach. And then we'll also have some expert analysis from one of my favorites, former Gopher softball player Erica Smith, who still follows the team closely as the Big Ten Network analyst. She's also working full-time within softball at Starters Sports Training and is also the head coach at Prior Lake High School. So much to talk about with her. Of course, she and I worked on the radio together describing that incredible Golden Gopher run to the 2019 College Softball World Series. You're going to enjoy her visit. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than any and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. I'm so proud to have them associated with our Go Gopher podcast. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. It's free to click that subscribe button. You can listen at any point for free. You can also go back to listen to our previous podcast. That includes last week's show, which I think you'll enjoy. It's with former Gopher basketball player Luke Lowy, who has reestablished the Gopher Fishing Club and is into big-time competitive fishing. Let's get right to it here. It's episode number 20 of the Go Gopher podcast, and let's talk softball. Minnesota head coach Piper Ritter joined me from the ballpark just after Monday's practice with the team. Well, Coach, let's start. Um, how excited are you uh, back in the tournament? Nine years in a row now for this program and certainly a feather in the cap here um, with this one. You know, I think it's really excited. I think it's just a testament to the Big Ten um, Conference. We had seven in. I believe that is a um, it's the most we've ever gotten in. And I just think you can see softball with the ACC and just kind of what it is. It's growing and the amount of competitive teams out there. And obviously we're one of them. But um, it's exciting because if you're getting the 64, anything can happen. And you guys obviously into this Norman region, which we'll talk about with uh, with some of the teams you'll play. Um, but I want to go back to Sunday. How nervous were you um, in terms of waiting to see? And how happy were you that your name got called pretty early in the show? Um, I've been at Minnesota for as long as I've been. It's, it's hard not to be jaded when you put, um, <laughs> you know, you put kind of your trust in, you know, we're in the bubble and things like that. So it's, it's, it's hard not to be like, oh, we're in, we're in, even though I think I believe that we played the – the schedule we needed to play and everything like that. It's just, it's just you never know what they're going to pick. So we were a little nervous. There's no doubt about that. And um, being on the bubble, and you just never know what they're going to pick with Minnesota. But I think that you know our schedule kind of proved the fact that we played enough hard teams. 
Yeah, and you, you, you and I talked prior to the season, I remember, and you talked about the fact that that was by design, that you wanted to schedule some tough games. You went uh, to Oklahoma in spring break and played a bunch of tough teams. I think you were in Florida with some tough teams, and um, that probably is, is the difference, right, in terms of you look at the strength of schedule, you look at the RPI and all of those things. Had you scheduled a bunch of softies, you might be done with the season right now. Um, absolutely. I think that I think it was, you know, it was by design to make sure that we're going out and playing the best in the country. Um, it ended up being we played a couple of the best in the country a couple times. Um, it's just how way it, it's how the tournaments end up. They they bring you there and you think you know, there's five teams, but um, just the way 22 was uh, rolling out, they ended up having one less team in each tournament. And by design, they always wanted to play us, so we got to play a lot of the great teams twice. And so it made it probably our schedule a little more challenging than I wanted it to be. But um, our athletes took it in stride and knew that you know what they're competing with was just going to make them better at the end. You guys um, ended up a couple games over 500. I think just maybe the average fan will look at the record and say, oh man, they got in. That, that's pretty good. But as you mentioned, the Big Ten's very tough. You guys started to put it together as well. You got, what was it, five or six top 40 wins in like the last two and a half weeks, Wisconsin, Michigan, Northwestern. Um, what Did anything change or was it just, uh, you know, a few things started to click or what, what was the situation there to, to kind of give you that momentum going into this postseason and, and earning that bid? You know, altogether, we were playing a lot better, I can say that, but nothing really changed in the sense of um, the pressure wasn't there. We'd been playing these types of teams all year long, but I do think that as a group, we started to play better. You mentioned um, at one point this uh, season in, in recent as well that over the course of the season, you might have a game where the pitching was there, but maybe the offense wasn't there. Um, maybe you had the offense, but the pitching struggled. The defense had seemed to have been there most of the year. Do you think those three facets are now, maybe in the last month, starting to come together a little more consistently together? Yes. I mean, I think that's kind of what got us to where we are today. And the fact that we're in postseason is the fact that we're all kind of, all three facets are kind of working together. Um, we just need to keep rolling with that momentum and not let expectations get ahead of ourselves and just play one pitch at a time. How much different was this year in year year two, um, you know, going through a pandemic in year one, playing a Big Ten only schedule, no fans. I mean, it was just a whole no one's ever experienced it. Right. So you're going through it, you know, as a first year head coach. And now this year, I mean, you you know, that Northwestern series with great crowds here as, as there, there always seems to be and um, a full, as we mentioned, the non-conference schedule. How much different was it in year two for you? Just the, the general experience of everything. Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't think in 20 got to make a lot of decisions on where we got to go and anything like that. But, you know, 22 was a little bit more of a design schedule and, you know, competitive in nature. And, you know, it is a lot different because I think we're ready for the postseason um, with the team that we have in hand. And um, I'm just excited. Now, are you taking, I'm joking here a little bit, but are you taking a page out of PJ Flexbook? Do you, are you calling your first year, year zero? Because um, he that, that's been his advice, because then you kind of, it's kind of a freebie, and then year two becomes year one, and um, I think in his mind, you end up, you know, you get an extra year or two out of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what year one or year two is, because for me, I've been here for a long time, and you know, the Gophers are always where it is, and I've always been coaching. I'm in the head and coaching role, absolutely, so it feels a little bit different, and, you know, all the decisions look upon me, whereas maybe in the past they haven't, but um, just because of COVID and just the minimal 
amount of stuff we were able to do last year, yeah, it didn't feel like a full year for sure. All right, we'll call that year zero then. We'll let we'll, we'll make PJ happy. Um, uh, speaking of PJ, of course, your um, your field faces uh, left field is the um, is the indoor the new indoor practice facility. So new, I guess it was open in eighteen. Um, but there's a lot of ball marks out there. Um, a certain batting practice, I suppose. There's all kinds of. Uh, in one sense, I suppose it's easier to find the the home run balls during batting practice after they hit out there. But um, is that kind of a target practice? The uh, the indoor facility out to left field? Um, I think they definitely look at how high they hit it. Um, there's been times where they sat there and looked at them, but I can tell you some of the most impressive home runs that are hit is when they hit it and come hit it so hard that it comes back onto their field. Those are impressive as well. <laughs> and you have a few uh, players, certainly, that can hit the ball a long ways. I did want to ask you about Natalie Den Hartog, who, of course, is in her fourth year, and, and she's been, you know, she's set the all-time record now for career homers. She's got, what, 18, is it, this year? And, um, you know, kind of a, a stalwart in the middle of that lineup now. What has what she meant to the program? You know, everything, because, you know, for, for one thing, it's a Minnesota – um, hometown kid doing the Minnesota hometown thing and so for her to get that home run record um, no one's more deserving than someone from Minnesota absolutely and so I love that and I love the fact that she gets to do it with all her fans and gets to do it on her home field and um, she means a lot she's a great leader on and off the field. We, uh, I had her on our Gopher Talk segment last week for, for the Gopher Sports webpage, and I asked her because, you know, you watch, like you guys will see Oklahoma and you saw them and, you know, I watched a lot of softball and there's some of the home run hitters are, are big and muscular and strong. And not to say she's not, um, but she's not, she's not built the way a lot of big home run hitters are. How does she generate power? Um, you know, she's 5'8", um, and yet she hits the ball a long ways. And if, you're, if you ever watch her in BP, it's a, it's a, it's a display sometimes. Yeah, I guess you got to go come watch her in the weight room because I think it um, doesn't matter the size, but um, she's definitely strong in all aspects. Um, she's strong and athletic, and um, that's what helps her ball go over. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, pitching, that's your forte. Tell us about your uh, pitching staff and how comfortable you are now heading into this uh, regional. You know, I think Emily's starting to got a lot of innings under belt, and she was a freshman coming in, and she was kind of thrown to the fire. Um, we didn't have a lot of depth on the team, so there wasn't a lot of opportunities with the schedule that we had to kind of be able to pad it or pull her out when things were getting rough. So she was just kind of thrown into those and kind of had to work to figure it out. And I think she's really grown, especially down the stretch of Big Tens of, you know, where pitches need to be and what pitches are working and just how to groove throughout her whole pitches. And then, you know, I think Autumn – Autumn successful in a different way, and um, both of them uh, make a pretty good pair. As you prepare for the tournament now, how much is it just what they can do and what their pitches are, and how much is it that you and the staff and maybe even the catcher have to you know do some scouting and find out you know where where to pitch some of these players on the other team, starting with with A and M, I suppose Friday. No, oh, absolutely. They're a great hitting team, and um, that's what keeps them in the ball game. You know, they have a large pitching staff, but um, they're very good hitters, and they come from a, a a conference that has really good hitting teams and so they're going to come out ready to hit and you do at this point in time just like any other time we, there's just a lot more footage but you watch a lot of video on and, all that, teams. and then at some point too is it just hey this is this is our pitcher's strength this particular player's strength so we're gonna no matter who's batting we gotta let her pitch to her strength too oh yeah absolutely I think when you get down into it or the thing um, you want to beat them with your best um, regardless if your best is where their swing path is you just got to find a way 
mentioned defensively um, that this team's pretty much been solid the whole year um, and up the middle it looks like I mean even on the and the corners as well but uh, to start with catching not just from a defensive standpoint but from an actual receiving the ball standpoint how important um, is that position just in softball in general you know it it really is and I think Sarah Kinch does a great job um, it's hard sometimes to feel really good about your pitches um, back there you know whether she's catching really great or not you know I think what Sarah does really good is she doesn't ever make the pitcher feel like they're missing their spot and you, know, you draw confidence from that and it's a it's a really it's really nice to have a player back there that just catches your ball and will do whatever they can to catch it and doesn't make you feel bad for missing a spot or anything like that and it goes a long way and then uh, up the middle shortstop obviously I mean um, I mean it seemed like every uh, every night the Gophers played there was a, a, a tweet that had a, a highlight play um, take us through uh, the great transfer there and how, what she's meant defensively especially you know Kenna's she's solid. She's solid, and she's, um, you know, our left side does a very good job of, um, they've gotten a lot of balls hit to them, but they, they don't panic, and they're they're very confident in what they can do, and they catch the balls they can, and um, they brought a lot of, um, I guess they've made our infield relax a lot, and um, it shows through this season, and, and then I think even our right side, and with um, Sydney Stralo, you know, base, both Kenna and Sydney, they've they made some great plays that have kept us in those ball games. Sydney seems like maybe the energy person on this team too. Am I reading that correctly when I watch? Um, you know, the energy that is out um, <laughs> outpoured, that's for sure. She definitely likes to show it, things like that. Everyone has a little bit of energy anywhere. You know, they gain energy even from Kenna, even though she might not show it. Um, Natalie in the outfield. Um, but yes, Sydney likes <laughs> to show it a lot. Yeah, and softball is one of those unique sports, right, where there is there is a lot of enthusiasm. There's cheers, there's different things, but there's also very much business-like. So it's a fine line, I suppose, at times to walk in terms of, you know, how enthusiastic am I going to be, but yet also, hey, there's a job to be done here. Well, you have to find your where you where you compete and where you operate the best at. You know, Sid loves to be fired up all the time, whereas Kenna, Kenna doesn't want to be frazzled and she wants to be even keeled and things like that. So, you know, the, the greatest thing about the team is everyone's unique and everyone competes and uh, at a different level and they just got to know their level and, and be a team. All right. So as you, um, over the course of a season, put together the plan, um, how much do you devote practice time? And maybe you don't want to give a lot of secrets away, but how much do you devote ta- uh, practice time to be good defensively? How much time do you devote to work on offense? I mean, is it a is it a uh, even split or h- how would you say that that breaks out over the course of a year? No, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't say it's even at all. I think um, pitching and hitting win ball games, mm-hmm. and you know I think great defensive helps, and you know obviously it helps you keep, stay keep you in the ball games. But hitting and pitching um, keep you in the ball games, and so we we devote a lot of time for that. And then you know obviously defense is fun, and we love defense as well. But you got to outscore your opponent. Okay. No doubt, no doubt about that. And then from a strategic standpoint for you, obviously pitching is your forte. Um, how has that worked now um, in terms of also being uh, game situations? All right, runners on first and second, one out. Do I bunt? Do I hit? Um, how, how do you guys all come uh, and arrive at that decision as well? You know, I think uh, Coach Wynn, when I brought her on as an associate head coach, the one thing that I knew that she's very good at is she's a very off, uh, offensively minded base running coach. And so I have full confidence in her. And we talk about, you know, know pregame or before games about maybe if there are bun situations what hitters aren't seeing the ball quite as well or what hitters are gonna we might need to sacrifice and move the runners and things like that and maybe if we're gonna steal who was gonna steal and things like that so there's a strategic plan about that and it's really based about the personnel and who's seen the ball well. 
Katie Richardson is back as a coach as well, and she, of course, was part of uh, really the revitalization of this program. Um, uh, what, what has she been uh, like to have back as a coach, and what are her some of her duties with this group? You know, Katie um, also uh, runs and um, helps with the hitting, and so her and Coach Wynn both do um, hitting, and I'll be in there as well, but I, I believe that, you know, three voices might be too much. I'll give them, help give them confidence, and I pitch to them, and I definitely challenge the hitters, but um, those two are the ones that are going to give them adjustments and um, tell them what they need to be a little bit better at. And for me, obviously, I make the lineup, but I kind of watch them daily and see who's doing well and who's not doing well. And then Katie also runs our defense. And, you know, all the credit to her of um, making, you know, we, we graduated a lot of people last year and we didn't know what our infield was going to be like, um, especially spring training. You know, we, we kind of thought, hey, this might we might be a little young and we might be a little green in the infield, but we'll be OK, you know, things like that. And she's she I mean, our infield has come alive and you're talking about those plays and um, Coach Rich has helped them get there. Now, as in the midst of the season, uh, the work never ends for a coach because it's like recruiting season all the time, right? So um, as a sidebar to getting ready for this tournament, how is the recruiting side going? Are you getting good feedback from players about the Gophers again, being back in the tournament and contending and, and all of those things? And give us a little update on, on that front if you could. Oh, absolutely. You know, obviously, the longer you make it in the postseason, it always helps you with recruiting and things like that. But it's it's always just about connecting with them and um, the ones that you can um, talk to, building relationships with them. And it is a constant thing because, you know, they're busy, we're busy, and it's trying to find the time and the time zones and, and things like that. But, you know, they do want to come to a successful, a great school, which this is a great school, has many opportunities for them and a successful softball program. Generally, philosophically, I know you like to have girls from Minnesota stay home, but you also have to supplement or go out and find some others. How, what is your philosophy on that in terms of how much resources you may devote to, to keeping kids home, but also knowing you have to go out and, 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 and find people elsewhere, too? You know, I want the best, uh, the best in the state to stay home. Absolutely. You know, going to the College World Series, we went to College World Series, I think, you know, a lot of people, we had some very big stars on that team, and, you know, I, I would get tapped on the shoulder um, right and left and asking me about Maddie Houlihan and Natalie Dinhartog, and, you know, the Minnesotans love their Minnesotans, and um, it's important for the best of the Minnesotans to stay home and, and to play at uh, University of Minnesota, but, you know, we, we do need to go out and, you know, get the, mm -hmm. the best of the rest, and so it's just finding the right fit, and, you know, I love Miss Midwest players, and that's a big thing for us, and if we go out and we'll, we'll search the ends of the earth for pitching, because pitching is the name of the game. But other than that, yeah. And then I know it's, too, a unique uh, situation in terms of who you're following because you've got club sports have taken over so much now, right, in terms of uh, summertime. And then some states play spring. Most states play spring. Some play summer. High school, I'm talking. So you got club, you got high school. How do you navigate through all of that to, to try to get your eyes on as many players as you can that might want to be Golden Gophers? Yeah, it's a it's a year-long process, that's for sure. You know, I think most most programs or most states play spring like you said and we're busy too and you know even minnesota's is a little bit later spring and so we don't really get out to see a lot of it because you know when we could they were getting rained out or things like that and hopefully we'll be able to get out out to see a couple but you know there's a handful of states that have fall high school as well and then iowa has um, summer high school but it's just trying to go out and see them compete and compete um you know whether it's their high school or their club ball well, certainly be competing uh, this week. It's fun to see the Gophers back in the NCAA nine straight years. Uh, good luck down in Norman. 
Thank you. There she is, Gopher softball coach Piper Ritter. Great insight into her team this season. Hopefully some more magic to come this Friday and into the weekend when the Golden Gophers are in Norman, Oklahoma for the NCAA tournament. Round one, it's Texas A&M Friday at 4 o'clock. I hope you enjoyed our visit with the head coach, but we're not finished. We have great insight coming up from former Gopher softball star Erica Smith. She's so well-researched and well-informed on college softball. You're going to love her. Stick around. We'll hear from her. After a word from Tony. Hey, Gopher fans, this is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Yuma, go Gophers. With former Gopher softball player Erica Smith, who uh, does all kinds of stuff with softball still. You occasionally still see her on the Big Ten Network. Uh, she is the coach at Prior Lake High School. Uh, she does a lot of softball training through the club programs as well. Erica, great to see you again. Yeah, so nice to see you again, Mike. It's been a while. Yeah, it feels good. <laughs> between uh, between COVID and, and different things, it has been a while. Of course, you and I worked together on the uh, Gopher softball broadcast uh, leading up to the College World Series appearance back in 2019, which is still uh, is one of my favorite experiences in broadcasting. When you go back and think about that super regional, uh, you know, beating Georgia and LSU and then um, advancing down to uh, to the College World Series. What a ball, huh? That was, I mean, like you said, that was the best time of my life. I loved every second of that. That was so much fun. We uh, got to Oklahoma City. I remember we flew around a tornado, so we, you know, we we, we avoided the danger right away. And then, um, you know, a couple of good games down there. I can't even remember. Was it Washington and UCLA? UCLA. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, we got to be in an air conditioned spot. Yeah. Which was the best part. <laughs> we set out a couple of rain delays. I remember that as well. But it was great. And what a run for the Gopher softball team. And um, and we're going to talk about this year's team as well. But as long as we're kind of on this, um, the 2019 team certainly, uh, you know, a team that everyone's going to remember uh, forever, the first ever College World Series appearance. But I think back to to your time from 2012 up through 2015 uh, and and how that kind of laid the foundation of, of, of all the success. This is the ninth straight NCAA now. Of course, the COVID year, everyone uh, should throw that out because there was no tournament. So if you remove that, this is nine straight NCAA appearances. And, and uh, uh, that group of players you came in with, uh, you know, a class before and after and all of that, um, that's a pretty good uh, foundation. That, uh, that is still paying dividends here with uh, the tradition now. Yeah, and, and thanks for reminding me that 10 years ago I was a freshman and we yeah. didn't make it. <laughs> so <laughs> Crazy, yeah, the right? nine years ago I was a sophomore when we, we started and I just remember the moment of just breaking. I think it was like 10 years up into that point um, that they had been into the NCAA regionals and then jumping straight into a super regional the next year and obviously the 2019 season. You kind of see just like you said, the foundation that was left from my time all the way up until like the coach Alistair era. Now the, the constant is Piper Ritter and, yeah. and seeing her do it now in her second year is pretty exciting. Well, when you think back to that time, you mentioned in, in the second tournament appearance, it was a super regional. Um, and there were a couple of really close calls there and some heartbreak, I suppose. I wonder 
as an athlete now, when you look back on that time, I, I'm guessing that yeah, the the good times are awesome too. But is there still does it still gnaw at you a little bit how close you guys were to making it to Oklahoma City? Yeah, I mean, we were the 16 seed. Oregon was the one seed. We had Sarah Molden and Sarah Grunwagen. That if we were going to do it, it was going to be that year. So yeah. I mean, I think about it pretty frequently now that I'm still in the softball realm. But uh, we just had everything working for us, and and that was certainly the year. And I think Sarah Grunwagen got hurt in that game. It is just. Uh, it wasn't in the cards, but then you kind of see what, what Gopher softball is now and the teams that they've had in the past couple of years would have kicked our butts. So <laughs> it's good to see them have some success now. Yeah, they, they, they sure are. Now this year was an interesting year because they played a really tough schedule. I think it was number two or three at one point in the country strength of schedule. I don't know where it ended. The RPI was top 40. Um, the record was just okay though at 26, 24 and one. And so um, the Gophers were a bit of a bubble team. I think there were some nervous folks on, on Sunday. What was your impression? Uh, let's say Sunday morning looking ahead to the selection show did you think the Gophers would make it in based on the numbers you know I was nervous I think their RPI like you said I think they had like eighth overall strength of schedule so they were certainly battle tested um they had some really big wins and I think really the way they closed out against I mean sweeping Wisconsin um in a midweek doubleheader and then taking a couple of games from Michigan or taking a game from Michigan and then um getting two from Northwestern who at the time was six and then got the nine overall seed. I think that absolutely catapulted them into the field of 64 and getting that at large bid. But um, yeah, I I was, I I was a little nervous, but when I saw that they were going into the number one overall uh, seed, I think that that probably aligns well, especially with kind of a record that's teetering on the 500 range. Yeah. And uh, they lost that opener in the Big Ten tournament because, as you mentioned, they were they were certainly feeling good and, and were on a bit of a roll there as they run ruled Northwestern twice, which was incredible. Uh, and then they lose two zip to Wisconsin because, you know, if you win that game, that's another top 40 kind of win and you're feeling great. Um, so now all of a sudden you're you're uh, you're feeling like, well, I think we're in, but you never know. Um, and it's been interesting, too, just because um, in, in talking with people that that no sports. Um, yesterday there was a, as we talk, it's Tuesday, yesterday on Monday they had a media availability and there were some, uh, you know, some some reporters there and, and one of them was like, man, I, I didn't didn't even know they were going to get in. I, I just was watching their record and thought they're okay. And um, But there are these, you know, the other parameters you look at in terms of schedule, in terms of quality wins, in terms of everything else. And I also think there's just more, and I don't know if parody is the right word, there's just so many more good players now, which means there's so many more good teams um, even when you look at some of those top teams, like the five, the six, the seven seed, it's not like it used to be where there were seven, eight, nine teams that were you know single digit losses. There's uh, good teams are going to lose softball games now. Yeah, and and it's so exciting. It's just like such an obvious uh, growth of the game and just the talent and the player development and how we're catching up with baseball a little bit more when it comes to even just like technology and understanding and scouting and having some presence on television, like all these different things that are 100% contributing to just even like evening the playing field in general. I mean, obviously um, I think of like Oklahoma is kind of like in space jam, like the Monstars and everyone else is the tune squad. They're just yeah. like physicality is just like off the charts and their talent levels. But when we look at like two through 16, I mean, I think everyone's beatable. That's a host seat in this entire 
uh, field right now and including Oklahoma. I mean, they dropped the big 12 championship to Oklahoma state. So um, what's so fun about softball is it's just like the game just doesn't know who's supposed to win. And it's become so evident with just how much it's grown and how, how these close games are just coming out. I mean, the Gophers run ruling Northwestern. I think a lot of people don't expect that. And then to do it again the next day, kind of like you said, I think that played a big piece in, in getting them into the tournament just from like, playing their best softball in May. And it's something I tweeted at one point. I was just like, Hey, take note of it. If they're playing great softball right now, that just means that they're, they're reaching their peak as they go. And I think that's something that's so fun for the Gophers and so fun for just NCAA softball in general. Yeah, for sure. And, and softball, as you mentioned, um, look, Oklahoma's really good. They've lost twice all year. I think they've got 49 wins and like 33 mm-hmm. or five or something have been run rule wins. So they're clearly, you're right, it's them. And then I think, uh, you know, a stack of teams behind them and the Gophers get get sent into that region. So it's going to be an uphill fight. I think we all know that. But in talking was, you know, I was at practice on Monday and, um, the players, I think, are taking it the right way. They're like, we have nothing to lose. No one thinks we're going to win. Let's go in. And um, and and they also played Oklahoma. Now they did get run ruled by them. I remember watching that game. That was on uh, that was on TV. And um, and 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 I, you know, it was weird because it they, they, you know, it was a run here, a run there, and all of a sudden it was the run rule. I felt like the Gophers were kind of in it more than you normally would think. Looking back, and I think they're a much better version of themselves now. So who knows? You never know. Texas A and M comes first. I know that's their uh, their their whole thing. But in softball, anyone can beat anybody. If you have a hot pitcher, that matters. And the thing uh, you and I have talked about this on the air even back then that I love about softball right now is that uh, there's there's enough uh, possibility of a home run. Uh, that you never know. All of a sudden, it's a two nothing game and a walk and a and a, a, a you know a, a seeing eye ball through the hole. There's two on. All of a sudden, it's three two because someone put one over the fence. And I think that makes it pretty exciting. It, it is super fun. And I mean, you think about the Gophers too. They have the home run queen Natalie Dunhartog. I think she had like 18 this season. Yeah. So it's just it, you're, you're exactly right. It's one swing away, one pitch away. And I think that's what makes it so much fun. Is you can sit there and be like, this can change in a second on this pitch and knowing that you're always on your toes, it's not necessarily the same in baseball where the long ball isn't as frequent. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing it in softball and like having those opportunities where we have these dominant pitchers and then we have these dominant hitters, it's just, they're so evenly matched and it just makes it so much fun. As you um, watch this gopher team, where do you think the strengths are? Where do you think uh, if this team is going to, uh, you know, shock the world uh, and, and potentially pull off an upset, how does it happen? Yeah. I mean, I love what you had to say, just like, Hey, we got nothing to lose. I, we've always lived as the underdogs, right? Anyone in the big 10 is an underdog compared to everyone else, just because we live in the cold States. But um, I, I think what Carly Wynn and Katie Richardson has done with this offense has been absolutely incredible. I think they, the story of the season has been their offense and you see people like Chloe Evans, who really didn't have any time last year. And now she's coming in, she's batting like the three, four hole and she's seeing success. Sarah Kinch is obviously seeing some success. Sydney Stralo. Now that we're on a gopher podcast, I can say she's my favorite. I love (laughs) watching her play. She just is that, that type of energy. And I think what coach Piper Ritter and, and, Carly Wynn and Katie Richardson have done is they're all playing for each other and it's not like an in spite of each other kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So they're competing against each other. They're selling, celebrating each other's success. And I think that kind of team camaraderie can catapult any type of team into some surprise W's and what they're doing just from a player development standpoint, especially with the hitting side. Um, Coach Ritter's always been so consistent with the pitching. I mean, we see Emily Levitt get uh, what national pitcher of the week this past week after facing Northwestern. 
Um, and, and Autumn Pease just kind of getting back into herself and, and really mixing in her like changeups and all these different things that are like keeping hitters off balance. I mean, they have all, they have all the tools. It's just a matter of making sure that they're all firing at the same time. Yeah. And when you look at them, um, I think coach, uh, Piper Ritter this week said that early in the season, uh, the, the, she felt the defense has been there all year. They, they've played pretty solid defense, but there were games where the pitching was good and the offense went silent and games where the offense hit and the, and the, and the pitching uh, didn't keep up. And now maybe there's more consistency in those other two phases where if all of a sudden now you've got offense, defense, you know, and the pitching, um, you have a chance. And, and so obviously they're timing that right. If indeed it's maybe coming together a little bit. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning the defense. I don't know how I didn't even touch on that. I mean, you look at McKenna Dowell, who was the transfer from Auburn grad transfer. I mean, she should win the gold glove award this year. She has been absolutely incredible. And I think like in baseball, they have a stat that's like how many plays are like run saving plays. I mean, she has to have a ton and what, what her and Sydney Stralo do up the middle and the double plays that they turn, which are so infrequent in softball, it's just momentum changing. And like you said, it's been so consistent defensively. Their outfield's been great. Um, it's just a matter of getting getting those timely hits and having some great pitching. I think that's all they're looking for is you don't necessarily have to always have the long ball, but getting timely hits and clutch situations and then pitching staying consistent and then they can be in business for sure. Yeah, Sydney uh, was was part of the media uh, availability on Monday and she talked about early in the season they were all trying to get on the same page. They all individually were skilled, but and you probably know this as a former infielder yourself that there is some comfort. You know, it's probably like an offensive line in football. You know how someone might turn a double player, where they're going to be or how they're going to back up a player or what have you. And she said once they kind of got that, even though they were playing good defense, she she felt that now they're really defensively, particularly in the infield on that same page. How, how does that work? You know, as a former second baseman yourself in terms of, of that growth and comfort level with the, with the other players on the infield with you. Yeah. It, and you're exactly right. It's, it's about, I mean, Chavez is a freshman at third. Dow comes in as a, a senior grad transfer. Um, Sydney Stralo had time in the outfield primarily. I mean, they're all different in the infield. And I think being able to mesh together and understand like their tendencies. It is very similar to probably every single sport of just like knowing where someone's going to be without knowing kind of having that intuitive um, teammate that you're able to understand like where they're going to be at, at what time. Uh, And you can tell that they, they kind of figured it out really quickly as much as it was a brand new infield and, and they move well together, they communicate. And I think the biggest way that we knew back in my day when uh, our infield was really meshing is just like, everyone moving consistently the same way, timing each other, like jumping at the right time, moving in the right direction. Everyone's talking that kind of stuff. And you see that with this infield. So, I mean, they're seeing success purely because they do have that camaraderie and they mesh so well together. On that selection Sunday, I got to think there was big relief because they were a bubble team. They were at a party. In fact, uh, I forget who one of the players yesterday said that they were a couple of the players were still in line getting food when their name came up. They were the third name <laughs> called because they went with the yep. one seed and then they got stuck in the in the uh, Norman, Oklahoma region. So I'm sure there was big relief right away. We can watch the whole show with no stress. But then the reality started setting in. Uh Oh, we're in we're in here with Oklahoma. This is going to be an uphill fight. And, you know, A&M no slouch either. Although I was told yesterday that um, that actually Minnesota has a stronger RPI than than A and M. And when you see where you know kind of how it folds, they're, they're probably back to back. They could have been flip flop. It probably doesn't matter. A and M Minnesota. But uh, so you're excited, you're relieved, and then then the reality sets in. One of the best teams record wise, maybe in the last you know decade or two, uh, is in your same regional. 
Yeah, and maybe one of the best teams of all time, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But I, even looking at Texas A&M, like you said, very similar. Um, and, and that's where the focus has to lay right away is just focus on Texas A&M. They, as a team in general, they're both very similar. They have some hot hitters. Um, I believe their catcher was a first-team All-SEC player. Uh, but they, they dropped a lot of games in the SEC. They were 12 out of 13. I think they were the 12th team of the SEC, which they always get everyone yeah. into the tournament, basically. Uh, but they've been battle-tested just from existing in that conference. And uh, it's going to be a tough matchup regardless. And I think looking forward into Oklahoma um, is a little bit scarier for me to think that they, they might be considering that. So it's just like focus on AM. Um, Oklahoma is just going to be Oklahoma. And and like like you said, what they were saying and in media days, just what do you have to lose? Right. It's, it, we talked about on the world series. We're like, hopefully they don't have like happy to be here syndrome because they're so relieved to be in it. And it's like, no, you earned it. You earned it. You, you have the RPI, you're battle tested. You've gone through adversity. So it's just understanding like, Hey, we deserve to be here. So let's kick some butt. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And then the other thing, when you look at, uh, you know, what, what you're up against, they were that they played in Norman uh, earlier in the year. I don't know. Do you think there's at least a little benefit that they're familiar with the field and familiar with the city and familiar with that? I, I don't know if that's true or not. hundred percent. I think yeah. being able to see their pitchers, um, having that film and understanding like what they've thrown to you, what you threw to them. Uh, like you said, it, it was a close game. I actually was really excited watching them. I was watching in my office yeah. and I, I was just like, oh, this this is like, this is a game and it kind of just slowly got away from them and ended up being a run rule. But I thought they performed really well. They were tough. And, and I think, like you said, it's a different team today for both of them. And Minnesota should be feeling pretty good going into it, I would think. You mentioned with AM uh, SEC battle tested. It, it's fun, too, I think, to watch how the Big Ten now has evolved, even maybe since you played. I mean, the Big Ten was was growing, but now, what is it, seven teams, I think, made it out of the Big Ten into the tournament. And uh, another one is in, I didn't even know there was a softball uh, equivalent to like the NIT for basketball, but there is apparently. And another team from the Big Ten made that. So I think eight made the postseason. Um, and, and so every week it's a battle where maybe that was wasn't the case before. So um, how battle-tested are these Gophers after going through what was a rigorous non-conference, which included Oklahoma, uh, and then through this Big Ten slate as well? I think it is so awesome to see how great the Big Ten has been. And I'm pretty biased because I think, like, the Big Ten isn't for the faint of heart. I think you have to be tough, gritty, all these different things to exist in the Big Ten, especially as a softball player where you barely sometimes get to even be on the dirt during the the springtime. So, um, what the big 10 has been doing and what the coaching staffs of all these, all these teams, it's, it's just so clear that they're a little bit more ahead when it comes to actually developing players. And I've said that word a bunch of times, but I think it's just so obvious that there's other teams that just get the talent. They're like, Hey, go do your thing. Yeah. But what like Katie Richardson, Carlo and Piper Ritter, I mean, coach Hutch, all these different coaches, uh, what they're doing and get and coach Ravel, I mean, with Nebraska and like what a turnaround they had. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a testament to their hard work and and making this conference great. And that, that gave Minnesota the opportunity to really feel prepared. I think Northwestern, Nebraska, uh, Ohio state, Michigan, all these teams are so good. And I think they're going to do really well. I think no matter what they're going to be, uh, underrated and probably considered as the underdog, but I think they'll surprise a lot of people. So it's been really awesome for the Gophers to, to compete not only outside their conference against the best of the best, but knowing that they're playing in their conference and they're playing these uh, double headers, three games in a weekend, coming away with uh, series wins. I mean, it, it's hard to do. It's so difficult to to 
play the same team over and over again and be successful. And the Gophers did have a good a good uh, Big Ten season, I think, considering. Yeah, let's hope that uh, all of that helps them and as uh, they get ready for Friday, Texas A&M on Friday afternoon. Well, let's, Erica, talk a little bit. Uh, we've got a few minutes left here on the podcast about what you're up to uh, when you're not watching Gopher softball and college mm-hmm. softball. And I know you're very busy outside of that as well. Uh, and we'll start with uh, you're in your first year coaching Prior Lakes varsity high school team. How is that going and uh, it, it how, how's the team going? The time of my life. I love it. It's It's really fun. It's kind of like a mini version of college. I think the biggest thing is like having access to, to work with these girls every single day is super fun. Mm -hmm. And now we're like in massive game mode and, and it's just a big spectrum of, of girls, whether we have a a division two college athlete that or a future division two college athlete, Tori, Tori Wickriff going to Minnesota Duluth. And we have um, players that aren't necessarily going on to the next level, but are crushing it. And so it's really fun to, to get to know these girls and, um, it's not necessarily something where we can teach them new things every single day, but we do get to have kind of that uh, team bonding type of thing where we get to work together. And we've been able to emphasize a couple of different initiatives. I mean, uh, mental health awareness and ending the stigma is, is so is so big right now, especially in the softball world, where we've had a couple of um, athletes in the softball world end their lives a little too soon. And, and we've been able to have these conversations today, Tuesday, we get to have our strike out the stigma presentation, uh, shout out duck cup Memorial fund. They're a nonprofit in new Prague um, that provides mental health resources to athletes, to students, to everyone. Um, and it's really awesome. And really, we're really excited to, to continue to talk about it and make sure that these girls know, like it's okay to not be okay. And, and we're all going through it. I think um, for softball in general, or even just sports in general. When when we left, when I left Minnesota, I had like an identity crisis. I'm like, I'm not a softball player anymore. I'm not an athlete anymore. And thankfully, I'm able to still work in the sport full time here at Starter Sports Training and get to do stuff at Prior Lake High School. But um, it's a big thing that that I'm really excited that we've get we've gotten to talk about and gotten to push through. And we get to play at uh, James H. Cole Stadium on Friday for a strikeout the stigma game. So I'm super excited about that too. Oh wow! How about that? Who do you have? We have Wyzetta. They're good. So it'll be a good matchup. Yeah. I'm really excited. But well, we'll be we'll be rocking our green and, and and getting donations for that Duck Cup Memorial Fund. So I'm very excited. Yeah, that is exciting. And it's cool, too, that you get to, um, one, have an impact. I mean, outside of just, hey, here's how you hit a softball or throw a softball. You're, you're having impact with young people when they might need it most, right? I mean, that's got to be rewarding as well. It's it's awesome. And it's something that I had when when I was their age. And it's just great to start the conversation and continue to have the conversations. And it's been a ton of fun. I love the Prior Lake Savage community. Um, and I mean, I'm grateful that I also have a full time job in the Burnsville Savage community where <laughs> I'm able to do all of this stuff and and just be in softball for life. It's it's been really rewarding and, and a ton of fun. Yeah, tell us about the full time aspect with the with the, yeah. the, the club sports and the development from that. Yeah, I I mean it's been so much fun to, to even the gopher relationship also where it's like, I have Sydney Schwartz is one of the athletes that trains with us. She's the Chan Hassan going to be Gatorade player of the year. Uh, one of the best Minnesota players to come through. Uh, I get to work with her really on a daily basis, or at least talk on a daily basis and compete against her in high school. And then uh, our club team also has Billy Connell, who's going over to the Minnesota Gophers. But we we have a couple of club teams and we get to really push in the offseason um, a lot of these developmental pieces that prepare them for the next level. Uh, and we do it at a high level. And we have we, we keep hiring young women, um, which is super exciting. 
and, and we get to just work together and work in softball and we get to do it full time. And I don't think that's something it's something I'm super grateful for when it comes to starter sports training in the Minnesota starters. And, and they allow me to to go to the World Series and broadcast with you. They allow me to broadcast for the Gophers um, and work PL softball in, my, in the, the off season from when all these girls are out at high school. And it's just been um, I'm going on my fifth year, I think, here. And it's just been the time of my life. I feel independent. I, I, I'm happy and I get to uh, work with some pretty incredible young women too. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So if there's some uh, parents out there that uh, have young girls who maybe want to get into softball at, at whatever, five years old, eight years old, 12 years old, um, and they're and they're listening to the podcast and say, hey, I maybe uh, that's a path for my daughter. How do they get in touch with you or your uh, group there? Yeah, yeah. You can uh, go to our website, startersoftball.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can DM me. It's Erica underscore Smith six. Um, I mean, shoot us an email, softball at startersforstraining.com, uh, anywhere. I mean, just, uh, reach out to me. We'll hook you up immediately. We'd love to have you. Everyone's welcome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Well, let's, um, uh, good luck against Wyzetta Friday, uh, same day the Gophers play uh, Texas A&M. So let's hope you can uh, pull off the daily double on Friday. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. That's the goal. All right. Well, awesome. Great to chat with you. Uh, let's not make it so long between visits and next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. It's great to see your face. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I really appreciate it. I love everything you do always and support everything you do. It's it's. thank you for being such a great voice for the Minnesota Gophers. Well, thank you. That's nice of you to say. And uh, thank you for representing the Gophers as well in, in the softball world. And uh, keep sending those uh, good players over to the Maroon and Gold. Hey, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Our thanks to former Gopher Erica Smith. Wasn't that a fun conversation? So impressive. Our thanks as well to Gopher coach Piper Ritter for joining us in the first half for the Go Gopher podcast. It's episode number 20. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. We also are sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Brandon Morton is our producer and technical expert. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen. We'll talk again next week.